live righteously. It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode, and he's still alive, everyone. It's Brother Kyle. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. I want you to know I've noticed a change in you. Do you recognize? Is it a conscious change in you? No, you know, I have no control over the bags in my eyes. No, I'm not talking about that. No. You're still just oh. as ugly as the I, day I, I met you. I have no you. control <laughs> over my my uh, bowels. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So, No. I haven't noticed that change. Interesting you bring up the bowels. That might be something that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So warning, everybody. Warning that that's coming. (laughs) No, Brother Kyle, since the whole, like, misdiagnosis of the, you know, very brutal and terrible disease ALS, and that was misdiagnosis, I have noticed you are far more like, listen, I'm going, because I don't know. Life's too short. We're doing this thing. I'm I'm out. I'm gone. Let's do it. It's also because the weather has gotten better, but I think it it truly is a little bit more like no time like the present because who knows? Uh, probably a little bit. I was kind of like that before, but I think so. Maybe even more now. Mm-hmm. From you know, from heavy on the gas to full gas now. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. you've never been a terribly responsible person. That's not what I'm no. saying. But but it has been more like, what are you doing? I don't know. Gone. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I'll catch you when you're around. I know you've, around. you've messaged me quite a bit, and, and it's like, uh, sorry, I'm out of town. I'm gone. Well, I need to uh, I need to get to this conversation around my bowels, Brother Kyle. Oh, what's oh, that's the worst. What's going on? Well, so here's the deal, and then I want to find out how everything is with you, what the uh, latest in the therapy and everything like that for you is. But I need you to know, you know how as adults we become stubborn individuals? Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like, no, that's not me. No, I, yeah. I'm going to always do what I've done because that's what I do. I'm that guy. Yeah, totally. I think that um, in in my massive intake of caffeine, caffeinated products, I think I've ruined the gut flora uh, of my <laughs> of my body to, yeah. to, to the point yeah. that uh, I think that I have, and maybe I would have turned out this way anyway, uh, I'm going to be doing some things here in the next coming months to try and correct all this, uh, meaning I'm going to start uh, sleeping more and drinking less caffeine. At least that's the intent of my heart. But uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm lactose intolerant, like in uh, in a real big, big way, like mm. uh, like a bloaty stomach. I don't want to get too graphic here because really it's kind of disgusting, but like in sort of a bloaty, upset Real quick, whenever I have anything that has great copious amounts of lactose in it, and I just refuse because so many delicious things that I love have the lactose in it that uh, I, I just sort of refuse to my detriment, to my sickening detriment, I refuse to admit that that's what's going on. I don't get that with people. See, I, I watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. One of the shows I watch is My 600-Pound Life. Mm-hmm. And I often watch it and go, at some point, don't you go, all right, this is delicious, but uh, I, I can't get out, out of my chair now on my own. Sure. sure. A little different for you, but like, like at a point, you know, you're sick, you're getting ill, and you're like, but it's delicious. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I think a couple of different things, if we, if we are going <laughs> to talk about that, I think that's a food addiction and that those are typically things of comfort. And maybe there's some sort of lack of control on my end, but mine, like I don't eat, it's not, well, I was going to say, it's not like I eat more ice cream than I do other things, but that's not true. I eat way more ice cream than I do other <laughs> things, but 
but you know, it it I'm still able to to function to run on the treadmill. I did that earlier before you know you and I connected for this call. So it's it's not like it's inhibiting that, but sure is shooting, and that's the worst phrase I could have ever used to describe. Uh, if I consume something with some amount of lactose, I'd better be real close to a, a bathroom within 20, 30 minutes max. Wow. Wow. So, so that's well, what, that's what's going on with me. And I'll also say this now that we're going to make this sort of church related, sorry, everyone who stuck around, this is actually worthwhile and church adjacent. I went to, uh, I went to, uh, to, to my worship service, to my sacrament meeting. We're still not doing our second hour in public or in person. That's all done online. Although I have umbrage with my ward. We, so we've been the 10 a.m. Sunday school, 11 a.m. sacrament. And that's what we've been through the entirety of the pandemic. And now we're going back to church, uh, I guess, both meetings, though I didn't read the email close enough. Uh, but they changed us now. We are 1 p.m. sacrament meeting, 2 p.m. meetings, like mm. uh, Sunday school, which I just am like, listen, we can do Sunday school online. Let's do Sunday school at 9. Let's do Sunday school at 10. <laughs> We can go back to sacrament meeting. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. I went to church the other day, and there were like three and a half rows of people, uh, young folk, probably between the age of 18 and 25. And, um, you know, they were in various states of dress, which isn't to mean that some of them were naked. Uh, but some of them were like, there was like a, a woman in a dress. There was a guy in, a, you know, church, what we would define as church clothes. A lot of jeans, a lot of t-shirts, kind of the the spectrum of cloth. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's curious. I wonder what they're doing there. Well, what it is, is it's this group from like in the East, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's like 30 or 40 post high school sort of in the midst of college it's a christian camp where they come from the east come to utah and then they experience all of the different like uh, christianities of utah so like they came to our ward they go to temple square uh they do and meet with like the religion department down at BYU but then they also go down the day after that they were with us they were going down to um Colorado City, where the FLDS, you know, all the FLDS folks live. Um, They were going to a synagogue while they were here, and the First Presbyterian Church, and also Cathedral of the Madeline in Salt Lake, which, if people don't know, obviously it's the Catholic um, cathedral, but it's it's historic and gorgeous and beautiful. And, and so it was a fascinating thing. And these kids had to pay for it themselves. It's like eight or 10 days or something like that. You know that they're definitely going and having a fun time, you know, like you did when you were late teens, early 20s, where it's not just the religious stuff. It's also the cute girl or cute guy. And you're, you know, doing all the fun stuff. But it was, I was, it was pretty remarkable talking to these people about, you know, sort of their faith. They all came from different sort of faith uh, Christian, but faith traditions. They were just all sort of united in learning about different religions. It was fascinating wow. to me. That's really cool. Yeah. And and I'm glad that they included uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, in that, because some people say, oh, you're not Christian for some reason that right. I don't get. But but 
That sounds like a, a great idea. I like that. That's cool. It was super fun. So I talked to him after Sacramento meeting for like 10 or 15 minutes. And I just was like excited because they were cool kids. And then at the end of that conversation, I was like, I don't know how to end this conversation, but I need to go. And I know you guys do too. So I'm going to walk away. <laughs> I just turned and walked away because I didn't know. Like, I just knew that I would keep having the conversation, but I could see their leaders were like, okay, we got to go. And my wife's, uh, out yeah. in the, my wife's out in the foyer like, all right, checking her watch. Let's go. And I'm like, I don't know how to get out of this conversation. I'm out. And they're like, we respect that. And then we did the thing where we leave from separate doors as we make our way to the foyer. And then I see them again. And I'm like, ah, crap. Hey, <laughs> goodbye again going this way see ya good luck on your trip have fun but it was it was a cool pretty cool group of kids yeah i would have loved to talk to them yeah yeah i could imagine you could have gone on forever yeah, yeah i was like hold on let me go get my recording equipment that's portable i'll be back we'll talk <laughs> seriously it was pretty cool it was pretty cool uh what's new with you sir uh i actually spent the the weekend or part of the weekend uh in zion in oh my gosh what a zoo memorial yeah. weekend jeez yeah and and coming back then i saw a news story on it about how this is the worst weekend ever to go so i didn't go into hike and to do that stuff i rode my bike into it okay which is a little bit easier sure um, like the so i have the shuttle wait i heard was like three four hours at some point oh yeah i was i was riding into town of uh through rockville and whatever it is right before you know zion um, and it was, uh, and I started seeing cars parked and I'm like, where do they park here and here and here and, and riding my bike for the next 15 minutes until I get near Zion where they usually park or I parked and I'm like, oh, they're still parked here and here. And yeah, thousands of people, um, there. And so I, I have a state or I have a state and a national park pass. So I just roll up and I'm on my bike. So it's very convenient. I roll right up. I go to the gate, I give my ticket um, and uh, to me and the plus one ride in. And uh, as we're riding in, you know, it's packed and I'm just riding over to a little bike trail where I can go out to the road and I can go up. And uh, it's a nice bike ride because eventually they don't let cars up there. Mm -hmm. You have the uh, uh, occasional bus pass, but I just ride my bike and it's beautiful. And I, maybe I'll post a video I made later about I couldn't think of the song about that place, but. I'll, I'll put up the short video later about okay. coming to wherever it was and the, you know, where the peaceful rivers flow. Uh, there's a song <laughs> uh -huh. and I couldn't get it in my head, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it up here later. But so I get into the park um, and it's where all the people are still and I'm getting over to the trail. And I'll say, I hear a guy behind me going, Hey, Hey, you got to walk your bike here. Hey, sir, you got to walk your bike through here. Oh, uh. And, and I just keep rolling going, shut up, dude. I, I got, you know, 20 meters to get to the trail. Just let me ride my bike over. And I remember seeing earlier where you're not supposed to ride your bike. You have to walk your bike on the pathway over to the other path. So I get to the path. I stop waiting for traffic. And all of a sudden, some guy behind me goes, hey, didn't you hear me saying you can't ride your bike through here? You have to walk it. So I turn around and I'm like, uh, okay. And he's like, you you can't ride your bike. Didn't you hear me yelling? I'm like, uh, uh, and then he's like, Oh, Oh, your bike. You, you can't, you can't ride it. You have to walk. But Zan's <laughs> like this. So I go, 
Oh, oh, uh, yeah, it's a ride. So I put my hands there on my bike and start riding. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to, <laughs> you have to walk. And he's putting his feet up like this. And so I go, oh, yes, yes. So I, I grab the bike like this. I'm still straddled over. I start pedaling really big, <laughs> you know, like that. And he's like, no, 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 walk, walk, walk. And he's showing me. And so like very exaggerated. So I get off my bike and I, I do the old comedy routine. I do. I walk like he does, you know, <laughs> big comical steps. Ah, I'm smiling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally you say, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Walk. I, we walk. Yes. <laughs> so that was my kind of being a jerk at Zion. And good, then I went. good for you. <laughs> and then he turns around and you pedal away. You're like, and I'm like, see ya, sucker. See you in St. Louis. <laughs> I speak English. I should have done that, away. but I <laughs> too funny. Yeah, what a zoo. Jeez, I, you know, I'm glad that everybody's getting out and you know, like we're being more fiscally responsible and more physically responsible as well. But I mean, I, I it, this is terrible. Lean in. It's just going to be me and you, Brother Kyle. I, I sort of wish people would be lazy again so that I could just be able to enjoy what I was enjoying without millions of other people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just between you and I. It's been really good for business where I work. Oh, yeah. It's been a financial boom. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I get you. I wish they would get off my trails and out of my state. Yeah. Get out of Utah. Yeah. Go home. Yeah, there's nothing for you to see here. You know, there no. are places, just sort of as an aside, and then we'll wrap this up and actually do some actual articles of news. There are places now, and this is a super cool idea, um, where they're asking you to not take pictures and share them on social media. Really? Yeah. There are signs all over the place. If you get the opportunity to go to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where it's just like, and I forget what they call it, but there's a principle for it. They say... Uh, it's like the no share principle, or that's not what it's called. It's called something else. Uh, but the idea is, is that you know that you don't tag it so that people don't know. So, like, if you want to say, "Hey, look at how gorgeous this is," you could share the photo, but you don't tag it so that then it becomes <coughs> overrun yeah. with people. Well, you know, my first day down as I took my trip uh, to Southern Utah. I stopped in uh, Parowan mm -hmm. and was riding from there up uh, to um, Brian Head Ski Resort. Mm -hmm. So I parked in a church parking lot uh, there to ride out of there. And by the way, I need to have a segment saying, you know, here's my beef and I'll slap down a piece of beef and here's my beef. And it has something to do with our religion because I had a couple come up. Uh, over the weekend here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, another story. But anyway, part of the church, I'm headed out and somebody drives by me in a car and goes, go home. <laughs> so did you? Uh, uh, eventually, yeah, I'm home now. Yeah, I eventually got there. The uh, It's tag responsibly. That's what it is. Jackson Hole is asking you to tag responsibly and keep Jackson Hole wild. And I'm telling you, like, think of the places I can remember as a kid. You brought up Zion National Park. I can remember as a kid going and hiking the Narrows and it being a secret and sacred place where you'd yeah. maybe see another person on the trail, maybe. 
And now it's permitted and they limit it to, you know, and they have to, and they should, but yeah, it, 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 and to the credit of my wife, she's like, I, you know, we've talked about maybe going to, to Zion or, or to, and yes, I said it that way on purpose. Uh, and also to <laughs> Capitol reef, uh, a couple of national parks here in Utah. And, and we just won't go in the busy season anymore because it's just miserable. Yeah. You know, we'll go and brave the temperatures a little bit or, you know, do some different elements of things just because it's not, it's not fun. Yeah. Oh, I've hiked, uh, angels landing two times. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, you know, a bus ride in, you hop on the trail. We saw a few, I'll bet the last time we went, I saw a dozen people. Mm -hmm. The line looked like, uh, the new Star Wars ride at Disneyland. I, as I rode by and looked at the line, I'm like, what's going on over there? I watched the line go and go and go and go. It was forever. Mm-hmm. And they were making people, some people, I guess, were waiting three, four hours just to start the hike. Yeah. A very difficult hike. And you had to, you had to wait to even be able to do it. You know, yeah. back in my day, brother Kyle, back uh-huh. in my day, uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, let us do some actual articles of news imagine running a small business today it's challenging imaging and internet presence is an absolute must even with that you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe now imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients imagine Lennon design whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation advertising media and promotional materials Lennon design is your partner in business they'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you when you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. A busy, full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to BestDJinUtah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T, and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes point is, uh, you know, you you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the Cultural Hall. Mind blown. If you are in need of a DJ at all or someone in your family is getting married, would like to be able to talk to me, I would love to be able to talk to them. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. 
Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Here in the second half of Articles of News, where we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Uh, all sorts of news stories. Again, Kyle, you got to make yourself more available so we can do more episodes of news when, when we don't do this frequently. Uh, listen, people aren't missing too much. There hasn't been a ton of news. We'll be able to get this through pretty quick. Uh, end of this episode, couple things. I want you to know that uh, as Kyle and I are talking, we're going to end this episode talking about muffins and fudge. Mm. It's a cop drama on ABC, Friday nights, muffins and fudge. Coming to your, doesn't that sound is like? That, is that the two detectives? Yeah. Muffin, yeah. get over here. What's oh. up, Fudge? <laughs> exactly. Muffins and Fudge. So we're getting there. And uh, Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News uh, dropped into the Ooh. cultural hall to give us the latest from the Chad Daybell, Lori Vallow case. Uh, some developments as far as that goes. So, uh, brother When Kyle, you said muffins and fudge, I thought maybe you were referring to that post you had put on about the grave, which had on the tombstone the recipe for the lady's fudge. So I guess we're talking about one of the stories now. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a joint. Nope. I thought that was one story. Nope. Right. I'll Let's, leave it for the end. Nope. It's Dude, a good one. You've already told the story. <laughs> uh, up in Logan, Utah, a lady's fudge recipe was so good. In fact, as clever as this article is, it's to die for. Uh, this oh. woman... Uh, because she wanted soon. she wanted equal billing on the gravesite. Her husband was a, a notable guy who had uh, served in uh, the military during World War II. So his headstone had sort of the tribute to you know the fact that he was a World War II pilot. And she's like, well, listen, we're partners. I get equal billing in this whole thing. So she's like, well, what am I going to do? I didn't serve in World War II. So she put her fudge recipe so she has the same size headstone as her husband. And it's awesome. Kay is her name. Right. That's what everyone called her. Uh, the couple had five children, 15 grandchildren, 37 great-grandchildren. And if Jeez. you're ever in Logan, Utah, drop by the cemetery and get the recipe for the best fudge ever. Any I'll other try. stories you'd like to ruin, Kyle? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I did hear something about muffins, and it... I'm just kidding. No, you don't know about that I one, don't. and I'm saving no. it toward the end. Tell me about the MTCs. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So uh, hundreds of eager uh, in waiting missionaries will be returning to the Provo MTC and to other MTCs next month. So actually, we meaning June. Mm -hmm. Uh, So depending on when you're listening to this, maybe this month, um, the MTC will accept about 150 to 250 uh, fully vaccinated missionaries uh, per week from the U.S. Um, So. Uh, I remember doing a story about this a couple of weeks ago that they had to be vaccinated when they came back. Right. And so there was some, a little bit of uh, controversy, should I say, on that? Maybe not. Yeah, you don't get to tell us what to put in our bodies. Wait, no. word of wisdom, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so 
Um, so the church has 10 MDCs around the world at, at shut down. Uh, I was trying to look for the others. Opening it's up. interesting. So between 150 and 250 a week, and as I understand it, uh, the ones that are going to the Provo MTC are only the ones that are serving within the United States. I think so English only. So if you're learning a language, I think you're still doing sort of a home MTC. So likely between 150 and 250 would mean that you stay at the MTC for three weeks or less. So that means at any point they have about 750 missionaries uh, when they fully onboarded this whole thing, which is about, if I remember correctly, about 25% capacity. So... Yeah, I think they can fit about 3,000 at the MTC there in Provo. So not near what it was, certainly, but, it, you know, a step in the right direction. And that seems about right, right? 25% capacity. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. Let's make sure that we don't get ourselves in trouble as far as all that goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also they will be opening up in Brazil, Colombia, England, Mexico, Peru, and the Phil- uh, Philippines and South Africa. Uh, This is worth the look just going to the culturalhall.com and seeing the show notes. Uh, The Utah Arts Alliance, and I try and be sensitive to not do too much uh, Utah stuff, although the two stories I've done so far, Utah. uh, They took an old LDS church and have uh, turned it into an art castle. And uh, we talked about this a little while back. But if you want to see some pictures on the inside of what it looks like, of how cool it is, uh, they are also raising funds. you can go to the link at theculturalhall.com and be able to donate money, be able to see what the building looks like. We don't make LDS chapels like we used to, and it's a, a great part of the Salt Lake community. So hopefully, uh, if you care about that kind of stuff at all, you live in the state of Utah, or you just want to see those things go into perpetuity, you should go and donate. Speaking of church buildings, this is just another quick story. Uh, apparently, in uh, this is in Southington, so I'm thinking this is England. In Southington, um, a man, a 74-year-old Plantsville man, was arrested after shootings at four addresses in Southington. Uh, One of the places that he shot was the windows of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is at 750 Meriden Waterbury Turnpike. Um, There's broken glass there and a parishioner, meaning a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said, yeah, this glass is broken. And it, you can tell it's from gunshots. That's from that That's guy. That's not how he said it. He said, Oi, glass is broken, mate. Oi. Throw a shrimp on the Barbie. That's Australia, that- not England. Oh. So to me, I think you have to do the, Well, I'm not sure why there's holes in this glass. The terribly insulting and probably, you know, non-politically correct uh, depiction of English folk. <laughs> oh, governor. <laughs> Crikey. No, that, again, is not the right country. Are you sure? Yes. It's an accent. Yeah, it is an accent. Good point. Speaking of of non-politically correct, why don't you do that story about QAnon? Uh, and let me I, start by saying, yeah, I, uh, your wife's going to get ready to edit me out. I, I have nothing to do with this story. I just saw it and will uh, I will tell you it and not change anything at all in it. So uh, uh, I don't want to even say the first line to it because it was offensive to me, actually. Um, according to recent data from PRRI, um, Public Religious Research Institute from the U.S., the people that are most likely to believe uh, in QAnon 
and that Donald Trump is still the president are in this order, white evangelical Protestants, uh, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and, uh, oh gosh, I I lost half the story. Sorry. The other one was uh, Catholics, but it was Hispanic Catholics. Hmm. Hmm. So those three groups are the most likely. It said, who was believing the big lie? I'm not saying it's a lie. I don't know. But those are the three people, the three groups believing. It said 46% of Latter-day Saints believe that. So I have a, I have a hard time thinking that it's 46%. Of Latter Day Saints, but let's let's I just let's just say let's just say for 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 instance, let's say that that statistic is correct. So one of every two, almost, that you're sitting with in in congregation believe that that the election was stolen. Let's take that half. Let's say that that statistic is half off. So let's say that instead of forty six percent, let's say it's twenty three percent. So that's essentially one in four and a half people. So I want you to think of the four people that you talk to at church, and I want you to think one of those people believes that uh, the president isn't who should be the president. All right, so let's say, okay, that's high. Let's take it out half again. Let's say that this poll was completely inaccurate. Oh my gosh, they really got their statistics completely wrong. And let's say that it was half that 23% at like 11, 12%. That's one in yeah. every nine. One of every nine people whom you sit in a in a congregation with have the belief that the election was stolen and that someone else who is the president should not be the president. And, and I don't... So I tried to think of my friends uh, who are active LDS... And I know of three that think that way. And I try to think of family, my close family, and I know of one that thinks that way, which puts it at about, for me, maybe 5% stretching it. So I don't think this can be right. 46%, no way. Yeah. Maybe maybe if it's like, if 100% of the people are QAnon people, like what what part do they, what, uh, you know, what percent of that makeup is Latter-day Saint? Maybe that's accurate, right? If there's a thousand QAnon believers and 460 of them are Latter-day Saints, okay. Maybe it's just a skewed portrayal of the statistics, but I have a hard time believing it. And please, please let it not be correct that that's what it is. I thought uh, this article was particularly interesting. You know, the uh, Tooele Temple, the Deseret Peak temple now underway uh and president nelson this is i love the articles like this that we get from lds living uh before relocating the temple because remember they were going to put it in one place uh and and then the people said no 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 we don't want it here so then they moved it to a different place it says before relocating the temple president nelson made a personal visit to see the plot himself now here's the deal tuwilla is like 35 minutes from salt lake so of course he did. Of course he went out and he saw where the new temple was going to be. Of course he did. Why would he not? 
It's it's literally like, hey, you want to go to lunch? They probably went to Verge's Fish and Chips, which is one of the places that right. was going to be shut down from the old <laughs> temple spot. They said, let's have some of these before they go away. <laughs> and then they went and looked at the other temple spot and said, yeah, perfect. Of course. The non-stories that exist sometimes. Of course he did. Of course. He didn't yeah, go easy. to... He's eating a peanut butter sandwich out of a sack lunch in the back of the car. And they're like, do you want to stop by Tuola real quick while we're out in, in the in West Valley here? It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. But do I have to be back? 1.30. Yeah, we got time. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. I just, there are sometimes that there are stories like that that I just don't understand. Uh, I can't remember if we shared this. Worth sharing uh, the $100 billion, you know, that the church has. Then we made a killing oh, yeah. on on the uh, yeah. on the squeeze stocks. Did on we Bitcoin. talk about this? Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. And on and, on uh, Dogecoin. Yeah. Do, Dogecoin. No, we made we made we made Dash big coin. money on the on the uh, on the GameStop. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's I, right. and I would just like to reiterate, good. It continues to be a story that shows up places, and and I just. Now, what they do with the big grand pot, that that I will agree. Let's have some discussion and a little bit more transparency. But yeah. is the better story the church lost hand over fist millions of dollars during the pandemic? That would make me feel worse. Yeah. Food for that. Uh, 60, that is 6-0, Latter-day Saint temples are moving and have moved uh, into phase three. Uh, after the 2020 COVID-19 closures. Uh, you can find the complete list at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode. Until now, it had only been just 27 of them, but uh, with the coming and going of Memorial Day weekend, now up to 60 Latter-day Saint temples moving to phase three. You're saying, in phase three, what's that mean? In phase three, a temple is again open to offer all living ordinances and limited proxy ordinances for the dead by appointment. So we're not phase four, which is when you can, you know, it's like it used to be, but we are in phase three. Um, how many other stories do you have, Brother Kyle? I got one. One more? Okay, let me do this. Yeah. Uh, there is a new president of the BYU Pathway Program. You'll remember we talked to President Clark Gilbert in a previous episode of the Cultural Hall. We would like to extend uh, to Brian K. Ashton, who is the new BYU Pathway president, an opportunity to step into the Cultural Hall. Uh, he went to BYU for his undergrad, went to Harvard as an MBA student, and he previously led an educational startup company that was focused on correctional and life skills education. He was in the church's Sunday School General Presidency. Before that, he was the president of the Texas-Houston South Mission, uh, and he served his own personal mission in the Peru-Lima Mission. Uh, so he takes over a BYU pathway, which now has served over 50,000 students in 152 countries, all 50 U.S. states. It also manages Pathway Connect, which is a pre-matriculation program that prepares individuals to advance into certificates and degrees that are offered by accredited partners within the church educational system. And then finally, have you ever heard of Kirtland Camp, Brother Kyle? No. Have you heard of Kirtland Zion's Camp? Camp? Uh, not like... As a, a thing, so, I've heard of Zion camping in Zion. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zion's camp is a, a thing back in the day, early church history. It was a bunch of leaders of the church, right? And they had to go and they had to fight the mob, but they ended up not fighting at all, right? 
They took a bunch of people and they took them into the wilderness okay. and we were like, yeah. we're going to get them. And they were like, we're going to get you. This is crude church history. Uh, the river rose. We prayed all the things and, and never was there a fight. Right. But a lot of people that decided to up and go with Zion's camp, they ended up becoming like a lot of the apostles, the first apostles and all that. Right. So it's essentially sort of chalked up in our church history as a, a huge trial of faith, not knowing what God wanted us to do, but answering the call and going for it. Well, I had never heard of Kirtland Camp, but Kirtland Camp is a group of 500 members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who began their journey in Ohio on July 6th, 1838. They built dikes and levees in Ohio in a section of the Springfield-Dayton Turnpike in order to earn money for their journey. They were the first major migrant group for the church. Um, members of the camp committed to live by a constitution that provided guidelines regarding the organization and conduct of the company. The saints covenanted, and this is where I thought it was interesting, covenanted to abstain from tobacco, tea, coffee, snuff, or ardent spirits of any kind. The group camped one mile outside the newly laid out town of Chillicothe. Uh, the company stopped and camped at a location near where they're going to make this monument. And that's going to occur uh, this weekend. Um, they are going to make this marker for this. The historical marker is located at the intersection of Highway 36 and Livingston 405. Um, and the dedication, if you're in the area, will be at 10 a.m. on the 5th of June. Um, so very cool. Kirtland Camp had never heard about it. Most fascinating to me that they covenanted to abstain from tobacco, tea, coffee, snuff, or ardent spirits of any kind. Because even though in our 2021 ears that sounds like word of wisdom, I, I, you know, I don't think it was strict, especially as far as the coffee, tea, and uh, spirits part of that until much, much later. So way to go, Kirtland Camp. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I was giving your Ricky the straight edge. Yeah, Kyle sign. throwing up the straight edge sign. <laughs> Uh, give me your last story, Brother Kyle. Uh, th this past week, we had a government delegation from Sudan visiting uh, our, well, our state, but particularly our uh, religious facilities. Um, so it's, Sudan is a country that is, uh, it's a, not turmoil, but they're trying to get stuff figured out right now. Um, so they came to Welfare Square um, and the Humanitarian Center and the Bishop's Central Storehouse um, to kind of tour through, get some things figured out that they can learn because, you know, we actually teach people. And also we're setting up with them. We're doing some flood relief, um, refugee response, getting them water, medical assistance, things like that. We're doing with all that money we made from, uh, you know, bi uh, from, not Bitcoin, but uh, uh, GameStop. Do Dogecoin. Yes, no, from Dogecoin. Uh, we're helping out Sudan. So, uh so that's the reason we make money. See? See? A uh, couple other things just as we kind of wrap this sucker out. And again, uh, stick around because Nate Eaton is going to drop in and tell us the latest about Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow. Uh, apparently, um, in Washington, D.C., and I had heard about this, but I didn't know that this was the nickname, um, because so many um, members of the church in their early 20s go to Washington, D.C., either to work on uh, the, the United States Capitol Hill, uh, to serve with various, um, you know, nonprofits as well as uh, governmental agencies, um, both as internships and as, you know, entry-level positions. There's a place called Little Provo. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of the more active places within the the uh, singles scene for LDS folks. A church institute oh. class at, was held at the Capitol building. That was canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah used to host Jello Wednesdays, which I'm hoping was more a nickname and less of an actuality. Because I can we get Pat anyway? No, I hope it was an actuality. Yeah, we we do Jello shots minus the alcohol. <laughs> well, when you said little Provo and and him speaking there, I imagine Mike Lee. With yes, Jello shots, just Jello, and maybe like carrot in it. Oh, a little yeah. bit of carrot juice, yeah, of course. And, it, and him taking the, this Jello, and that was what went into my head. My, Perfect. Uh, Perfect, brother Kyle. That's <laughs> contact at theculturalhall.com if you want to go ahead and send what you think about that. Uh, two more stories, and then we're done. Elder Cook, that is Elder Cook of the Quorum of the Twelve, Quinton L. Cook, uh, has dedicated the restored temple district in historic Nauvoo. Have you ever mm-hmm. been to Nauvoo, Brother Kyle? Nope. Pretty cool. You know, they've rebuilt uh, the uh, temple there. Obviously, that's some years ago now. Um, they, in cooperation with the Community of Christ Church, which is the restored Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, work in tandem to make it a great experience for everyone who goes there. Uh, the pageants, although canceled most everywhere else, will continue into Nauvoo. And uh, Elder Cook said... That there will, in addition to dedicating the area, there will be three new homes that will open up. The William and Carolyn Weeks home. Um, This is the church's architect. If you heard us talk about the tomb of Joseph when we did that, uh, his home is being restored there. The William and Esther Gein home. Um, These two helped collect funds to build the temple. Um, They died before the temple was completed. And the Orson and Marinda Hyde home uh, of... uh, is just another one. He was the one, Orson Hyde, of course, who traveled to the Holy Land to dedicate Jerusalem for the gathering of Israel. Uh, also, there is the Edward and Anne Hunter home. In this home, which has been rebuilt, Joseph Smith wrote an important letter about worship in temples that is now the 128th section of Doctrine and Covenants. The William and Elizabeth Jones home. Um, instead of rebuilding the home, the church created an exhibit on the art of cutting stone for the Nauvoo Temple. Uh, the West Grove Uh, is there because of the large church membership in Nauvoo. Three major groves were used for the gathering of large groups. This is so, and this is kind of cool, this is so they could gather outdoors and not be fried by the sun. They would have groves that they could meet in. Pretty cool, Mm. right? The West Grove uh, is where Doctrine and Covenants Section 127 was received. The West Grove was also the site of church conferences where missionaries were sent out and an important discourse by Joseph Smith and the Godhead and the gathering of the Jews. Also, there is a marker for where Eliza R. Snow uh, penned the poem, My Father in Heaven, which is now known as O My Father, the hymn, uh, which, as we all know, is the one um, that says, quote, in the heavens, our parents single. No, the thought makes reason stare. Truth is reason. Truth eternal tells me I've a mother there. A lot of people pulling that that will be in the new hymnal that will come out. And then finally this, Brother Kyle. All right. Like the center of a labyrinth, we circled it. 
preambulating along a ley line whose course was never constant. Through space and time, we followed the signs, hoping that this time they would guide us to our destination. Were we thwarted? Yes, too many times. We began to give up hope. We began to reconcile ourselves to the idea that we would never tell our descendants of our successful venture. But at last, after many attempts, we found what we sought. We entered into the place of healing, passed through its sunlit atrium, and we received our bounty. We had found the Mormon Muffin. If you've never been to this place up in Ogden, Utah, uh, this writer says, I found myself entranced by a slogan written on the side of a green and white building, World Famous Mormon Muffins. The slogan was accompanied by an image of two silhouettes pulling a cart that held a singular, enormous muffin. So it's a hand cart pulling a muffin. I just want everyone to be able to see that. I had not heard of these muffins before, nor of their obvious significance to history as a heavy burden during the Mormon colonization of Utah. But from that moment, I saw the sign of the thought of the muffins monopolized my inner mylog. What was it exactly? What makes these muffins Mormon when others are not? What is the definition of world famous here? Are they known on every continent? These thoughts continued. I turned to the environs in which the muffins were to be acquired. They came from a restaurant, the Greenery, which was either inside or next to a gift shop called Rainbow Gardens. Rainbow Gardens advertised itself on the sign by the road as Utah lar Utah's largest gift store. Anyway, it is a it is a large ploy to get you to go to this particular store where you can buy a Mormon muffin. And if you go to the link at theculturalhall.com, you can get a recipe for the Mormon muffin. Spoiler, mm. they're brand muffins. Ah. Yep. They were better when, it was better when Muffins and Fudge were your new cop duo on ABC. Right. But you ruined it, Brother Kyle. Never forget. We should make uh, a show. I, I'll be Fudge or Muffin. I don't care. Okay. And you, you, you can be Muffin and I'll be Fudge. Okay. And we'll, and we'll fight crime. Crime against members of the Church of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm in. What do you say? Done. Yeah. All right. Done. Let's do it, Muffin. All right, Fudge. As always is the case whenever there is anything in the, uh, you know, the uh, Lori Vallow uh, case, the uh, East Idaho News, Nate Eaton gives us the update. And, well, there is, uh, there is tons uh, between Chad Daybell, between Lori Vallow, between what's going on in the court. I couldn't even pretend to know all of the latest, so we decided to get Nate Eaton back here in the Cultural Hall. Thanks for coming back, Nate. Thank you. It's been a, a feels like nothing, 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 and then all of a sudden a fire hose of news this week. So tell us, uh, what is the latest that's going on in the Lori Vallow Chad Daybell case? Well, they have been charged with nine felony counts of murder, conspiracy to commit murder, grand theft, insurance fraud. Uh, between the deaths of Lori's two children, JJ and Tylee, and Chad's former wife, Tammy. So that broke earlier this week. And then Arizona authorities announced that they were going to, or they, they're recommending that Lori be charged with conspiracy to commit murder in connection to her former husband's death. And then what happened after that is that a psychiatrist found Lori not competent for trial. Now, that doesn't mean it's final. What that means is that the judge will decide if 
the, all the proceedings need to you know, be put on hold until Lori can be uh, evaluated and receive medication. And then maybe she'll be well enough to face a jury trial or maybe she won't. But that's that's the latest on the trial. That's the latest on the hearings. Yeah, but it's so much in it within that. So let's unpack a few pieces of that. Uh, one is I know that we were waiting for sort of the autopsy on Chad's uh, wife, his ex-wife. Did that come back, and is that part of the charges that that uh, that we're seeing coming toward Chad? So the autopsy did get finalized, but we don't know the results of that. They have not been publicly released. What we do know is that there must have been something in there because Chad's been charged with her murder. And we do know that the night that she died, Alex Cox, Lori's deceased brother, was parked at a church two miles from her house. And that 10 days before she died, he showed up at her house with a gun and tried to shoot her, according to these indictments, and that he had visited a gun range, that he had researched stuff on the Internet about particular ammunition to use, that he had gone to Sportsman's Warehouse. So uh, the prosecution laid out the steps that Alex Cox allegedly took just days before Tammy died. So we don't know yet the cause of death on her. Or even the children, frankly. We know the condition they were found, but we don't know how they died. But we do know that both Chad and Lori are charged in connection to their deaths. It's also worth noting that when we say Alex Cox, we think, wait a minute, that's not Lori Vallow or Chad Daybell. That is the deceased brother of Lori. Yeah, he's the guy that uh, was really, by all accounts, was really into their religious beliefs. He said that he would do anything for Lori. And so the, 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 and who know that he pulled the husband, Charles, he said he did it in self-defense. Police obviously don't think so. Um, and that, then he moved to Idaho around the same time that Tammy died and that he was the last person to be seen with JJ carrying JJ in his pajamas. That the day the children were buried, his cell phone coordinates were right there on Chad's property at the very location where those bodies were found. So the crazy thing in all of it, if there's a, everything's crazy in all of it, I guess, but uh, Alex died of natural causes months after all of this played out, according to the medical examiner. So was there something more to his death? We may never know, or maybe it really was just natural causes. So there is no, um, when we talk about the natural causes and surrounding Alex's death, there's no suspicion or further investigation or another shoe that may drop, another, you know, bomb uh, of truth in the investigation that may come about that? Or have we just sort of generally accepted that that death was, in fact, by natural causes? Well, I, uh, the the ME ruled that it was natural causes, that it was a heart issue, and um, that... There really wasn't anything more. The police, I'm sure, have are keeping the investigation open. But from from now, as far as we know, there's, I mean, there could be a, a big development that comes with it. But as far as we know, there's nothing right now. They haven't publicly said it, and uh, that might just be one of the things we're left wondering with forever, unless there's some sort of evidence or text messages or something. Which there's a lot of text messages in this case that show that Chad and Lori were texting with him or texting about his death, then that they might be able to build a case circumstantially. But I'm not aware of anything like that. The other part of it with uh, Lori, at least for the time being, uh, being ruled mentally incompetent, when we talk about like the being medicated and being able to be sort of prepped for trial, what do you know what that looks like? 
Yeah. So what, what happened was a psychiatrist went in, a, a neutral psychiatrist, not working for the defense or the prosecution, and did a really deep in, you know, interview with her for hours and researched all of her background, just really went in depth with her and came back and told the court, I don't think she's fit for trial until she takes medication. Now, the court could come back and say, no, we're going to proceed anyway. I doubt that will happen. Or they will say, all right, let's get her medicated. Now, that could be anything from she stays in jail and takes some pills every day, or they send her to the state hospital. And she will remain there or uh, remain in jail or, or get to the point, one, one would hope, where she does become competent for trial, and then the trial continues. There's no insanity defense in Idaho. She can't you know, get off the hook by pleading insane. But I covered another trial a few years ago where a woman shot her dad and uh, she was not mentally fit for trial. They sent her to the state hospital and about a year later, they were able to proceed and she entered a plea agreement. So it is possible that uh, Lori could eventually face the charges and there'll need to be a hearing about this eventually. And they could bring in another psychiatrist to get a second opinion. I imagine they might because this is such a high profile case. What about that same sort of adjudication towards Chad? Was there a psychological uh, evaluation of him? And has he been ruled um, to be able to, to stand trial? As, as far as we know, there's been no psychological or mental evaluations for Chad. Chad's proceedings are continuing and uh, they, they will continue by all indications. And Chad could very well enter a plea agreement and this, his case could be solved by the end of the year or he could not. This is a death penalty case, potentially. Uh, the charges that they're faced with could be death penalty. And if that happens, then it will be at least a year before we go to trial because a death penalty qualified attorney will need to be brought into the case and they will need to do a deep, deep dive on Chad's life and his mental capacity and things like that. But for now, Chad has not been ruled incompetent for trial. He, uh, he thinks proceed as normal for him. The last question uh, sort of surrounds that uh, death penalty possibility. What, what are the factors that go into that? And when will that be decided whether the death penalty will be pursued? So the prosecution has to, within 60 days of, of the defendants being arraigned, the prosecution has to give notice that they intend to pursue the death penalty. I am pretty confident in this case they will. And if only for the fact that they can use that as a negotiation tool for a plea agreement. That doesn't necessarily mean they will get the death penalty, but after 60 days, you can't then ask for it. So within the next two months after Chad is arraigned on June 9th, they have two months to, to make that known. On Lori's case, everything's on hold. Everything is on hold. So until the psychological evaluation and the court hearing comes back, nothing will proceed for her. Um, and so that one, we just kind of have to put aside the the qualifications for a death penalty case. Well, first degree murder is a qualification for that. And these these two are charged with three counts of that. So that that's enough there to go for that and conspiracy to commit first degree murder, which they're also charged with. So it's really just up to the prosecution if he thinks that he can, uh, you know, prove to a jury that they deserve the death penalty. We do know that J.J.'s grandparents have support that. They, they do want the death penalty for both of them. Are tactics at play for Chad where he hasn't been ruled uh, mentally incompetent? Is there is there um, 
advantages for him to hurry and get this done while Lori is out there. Uh, an ability for him to say, listen, I just love the woman. It was Alex. It was Lori. It was everybody but me. Sure, I knew, but. Oh, absolutely. You, you, he could. Um, I do think that the evidence based on, you know, a, a, an observer is more damning against him hmm. uh, because Lori, Lori's defense now could be she was not in a mentally sound place. And Chad took advantage of that with this religious, these alleged religious visions and revelations. You'll notice in the indictments, the very first point the prosecution raises, point number one, they say that Chad and Lori used religious beliefs to justify homicide. So the prosecution is not straying away from this religious talk. They're acknowledging it, point one. So that when it goes to trial, if any sort of, well, this was my religious belief, these were my thoughts, this is what God told me to do, the prosecution will be ready to prosecute that. Hmm. So Lori might actually have a stronger defense as far as, you know, saying, no, Chad took advantage of me. And maybe once she starts taking medication or she is treated uh, and her mind becomes to the point that she might realize what has actually happened, she could turn on him. So they, they both could take plea agreements. They both could go all the way to the death chair and say that they're being martyrs. I mean, that's a possibility. Or they both could end up serving the rest of their, their life behind bars. What is next? I know you mentioned 60 days from the 9th of June. Is that the next sort of benchmark in all this? Yeah, that'll be the next big hearing where Chad will be, be read his charges, uh, murder, and he will enter a plea agreement. He will need to say guilty or not guilty. Then a trial date will be set. And I don't see a trial happening maybe end of this year, but most likely a year from now. I could see that going underway if things go you know, as normal. Uh, what's next for Lori is we wait. We wait for a hearing on her competency where the judge says, okay, I'm going to accept the psychiatrist's recommendation and I'm going to, I'm going to put things on hold. Or he could say, no, we're going to proceed. I doubt that'll happen though. Cause that there's a lot of messy issues with appeals, you know, if, if you move forward with that. So that's what's next. We also uh, know that in Arizona, the, the police are recommending that the prosecutor charge Lori for conspiracy for murder for her fourth husband. So that could, those charges could come down. So there's a lot that could happen here in the next few weeks or years or months. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything now. Yeah, Nate, right. Now it's all happening. Don't go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. You'll miss yeah. something. Nate, you weren't sleeping, were you? Because everything just broke in this case. And we'll always have Nate Eaton from the East Idaho News uh, back here with us to give us the latest and greatest, uh, keeping you updated. And I say greatest. By not actually greatest, the literal probably worst things ever. I don't know how you do it, but I appreciate that you do and that you come back and share this with us. Uh, people can find your latest um, reportings on this at eastidahonews.com. Uh, you can also see him in Dateline specials and they say, oh, hey, that's the Nate Eaton that, that's in the cultural hall. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time and, uh, and thanks for spending it with us. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you are sick or afflicted, you can be well and listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Brother Brent, Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast, and BigMikesProducts.com will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back row.